0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision.
1: My team, kind power.
0: I love the power. 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 I love the power. 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 Hi guys, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide Podcast, a weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Maka19, and joining me as always, we've got co-host Fishing Rick. How are you, mate?
1: I'm disappointed, Maka. Oh. It's so I, it was rough. I, I went to the game on, on Saturday. I wasn't expected to go, but I, I sort of snuck in Made there. Oh, yeah, time. I did make it, and which was a great thing. But the day before, I went out for my office and bought all these reams of paper because I, I thought it was on special. And uh, I thought I'd load up for tax season on its way. And then, buddy, I go to the game on Saturday and the umpire is just offering out free reams all the time because we got <laughs> freaking reamed on <laughs> If I funny that I would have no. just waited next day <laughs> yeah. hey, That's going to be my best joke for the year so far, come on
0: yeah, it's, up there. it's up there I
1: worked hard for that one, days It's,
0: it's good, it's good <laughs> not, not great, I'll give you good, but not great It's getting there You're doing Harsh well. judge <laughs> And back on the podcast for the second time we've got Harold Oliver How are you mate?
2: I'm great, great to be great here to guys Back on. Yep, no, thank there. you very much just hope uh, Rick's jokes improve. <laughs> no, that's that's one of the good ones.
1: One, one, one and only for tonight.
0: All right, so let's get into our love and hate, which is one thing we loved, one thing we hated in and around the Port Adelaide Footy Club this week. Harold, mate, because you're the guest, we'll start with you, buddy.
2: Oh, thanks. Um, there's all, certainly a lot to love about Port Adelaide this week. Absolutely. Whether it's uh, Darren Burgess's contract extension until 2018, Yep. Jay Shules, of course, you know, equaling Tread Ray's goal kicking record. Um, Jacko's contract extension announced yep. today. Jared Pollock's centre appearance. Happening. Gather, fend off, exchange with Wingard, goal on the run. It was a beauty. Hoff's mark in the first quarter on the members' wing. Uh, did I mention Jay Schulz? I, I think th- you did. Yeah. <coughs> no, I think my... Uh, Tango wants you to hurry up. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> love is definitely that this is the year of the end of the hoodoo. The Frio hoodoos ended, Hawthorne hoodoo gone, Geelong hoodoo ended, uh, and we haven't beaten the Dogs uh, since Round 19, 2006, losing the past seven games until last Saturday. Yep. Bulldogs hoodoo ended, and I think it's about time we started creating hoodoos of our own again. Indeed. And actually, I really, really love Jay Shulls. Yes. Yeah, he's got... So
0: what about your hate?
2: Okay, I'm going to go with the pretty obvious hate. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. It's the AFL score review system. It was so disappointing to realise that the central umpire wasn't bouncing the ball after Corns' second goal because a review was taking place. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was even ignorant of the fact that the video review umpire could even call for a review. And then we got to see, you know, countless replays, and I know my eyesight is not what it once was, but surely the video evidence was inconclusive. So surely, you know, the goal umpire's original call, and in fact every umpire on the field's original call should have stood.
0: That's one of the only ones that I can remember where they've actually reversed the decision.
2: Well, exactly. You know, I think someone mentioned, was it Finbar or somebody said, you know, it's almost like a batsman, they should get the benefit of the doubt. You know, you go with the umpire's call if it's inconclusive, the original call. But no, apparently not.
1: It it went with the theme of the day of us getting the wrong, the umpire's stick for the whole day, really. You know, I wouldn't say they were woke.
2: No, they weren't. But you know what, I'd take that one, seeing that the Crows missed out on a video review. So I I think that worked out all Mm. Worked out well. All good, Yeah. yeah.
0: Rick, what about you, mate?
2: Love and hate. Uh, Maca. I was a big
1: fan of the Wingard or Wingard's hands. I thought his hands in the in congestion were were fantastic, and it was just a sign of the future for us. And really, was are spoiled because I mean Robbie Gray's got great hands, and that that handball that almost resulted in a great a goal to Wingard uh, in the uh, second or last quarter. One of the two was uh, would have been. One of the handballs of the year, if it came off. But I thought Wingard's uh, clearance work, uh, his quick hands, his flick over the shoulder, um, beautiful. Just you know, very uh, uh, pure footballing, almost rustly but handballish uh, the way he's uh, firing those off. And I'm just very excited about what he's going to present as a midfielder in the years to come.
0: And what about your hate?
1: Uh, I'm sort of going with Harold here with the with the umpires, but mine was. Uh, uh, the lack of attention to detail. I was, you know, was quite often uh, sitting at the southern end. I, I was just sort of, as I was, as I was doing, I was a bit, bit drunk, had too many beers, so I wasn't really watching the game, <laughs> watching the umpires, and and uh, you know, they just, they weren't really bringing the players back to where they actually, dunked. they were just play, setting them where they finished. They were letting players creep over the mark, um, you know, not bringing them back. Do your bloody job, properly, boys. Tango wasn't happy. <laughs> And she was uh, very upset at the game. <laughs> and, uh, and so was I. I mean, I think it cost Jay a goal. It just stretched a little bit far. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's my gripe. Yep, that's cool. fair enough. There's my, uh, my chocolate honeycomb mm. delivered. Mm. Lovely. There
2: you go. Yeah, good on you, Rick. Good, good
0: start. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my love, this week, my love this week is the fact that we can kick... 19 goals with uh, Robbie Gray, Chatty Wingard, and Maddie White kicking zero between them. They only ended up, ended up with, uh, what, two behinds between them? And they're second, third, and fourth on our goal-kicking ladder at the moment. It just shows that we've got such a diverse forward line um, with so many different avenues to goal.
1: What about your hate?
0: My hate is uh, the Maggies losing. You know, I've gotten so used to them winning every yeah. week this year. And uh, they had a little bit of a mishap on the weekend. But never mind, I'm sure they'll get back on the winner's list again next week.
1: We did have a pretty hoping. depleted squad though, didn't we?
0: We do, yes.
1: Yep. Mm. It's,
0: uh, it's getting more and more depleted by the sounds of it, but uh, that's all right. I'm sure we can keep winning.
1: So, Harold, while you're on the, on the podcast, what's your um, what's your prediction for the rest of the year? So we'll put you on the spot quickly in, in 30 seconds. Where do you reckon you're going to see us finishing up?
2: Yeah, I'm not the best person to ask. I'm a real pessimist. I never like county chickens before they're hatched, so to speak. Um, I think we'll definitely win the majority of our games, and I'll be extremely disappointed if we're not top four. But I really don't want to say more than that because I think we do have quite a few, I don't know if they're 50-50 games, but games that I'd, I'm pretty sure we're not a shoe in. You know, Gold Coast away, that'll be a, a bit of a challenge. I mean, I think we should win the majority of our games. Okay. Don't think we'll beat Frio away. Mm. Even this week, you know, I'm worried about it. You know, I'm a bit uh, cocky at the moment, but as soon as we get closer to the game, I'm going to be Mr. Pessimism again. I'm sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think the next two weeks are crucial. I think if we can get over the Crows and then get over Essendon at home, yeah, that puts us in a really, really strong position. The games we should win. Yeah, and we, we really need to win them. Power Come on. What we are the power from Let's get on to our AFL review. Uh, we had a little bit of a shaky start, but we went back. Uh, sorry, we went bang in the second half, and we won by 72 points. 19 goals, 14 to eight goals, eight. Uh, the big Schultz are the star with uh, eight goals. Uh, Hoff back in form with three, and uh, the captain Travis Boat kicked two goals as well. Harold, do you want to give us a, a bit of a quick rundown of, of what happened on Saturday?
2: Yeah, look, like you just said, Mako, you know, we started slowly and then there was that beautiful uh, set play, you know, that pinpoint kick in from Pittard that allowed White to run onto the ball through the centre square and a precision pass to Shores and goal, you know. Two disposals, really. I suppose it's three if you count the kick in, but you know, Jasper won't get a stat for that, so that was absolutely glorious. Was great. Yeah, it's nice to see that, um, you know, work for us. And then I thought, um, you know, we are a bit slack defensively early and our disposal, especially by foot, wasn't really up to scratch. Um, You know, we had a couple of goal-scoring opportunities from, I think, Robbie and Gus who normally would nail those shots at goals and they didn't get them. And I thought we were beaten a little bit at times in the contested situations and I think we were a little bit lucky at the end when the quarter-time siren went and saved us from being a further goal down certainly wouldn't want to repeat that effort, you know, that first quarter effort uh, next week. No. And then I think, you know, Ken obviously told some whole tr- uh, home truths um, during the break. And, you know, and then we just, you know, started dom- dominating the inside 50s. And eventually goals were being scored instead of behinds. And, you know, I love Schulz's uh, fortuitous soccer kick four that landed straight into Hoff's lap. And then it was even better to see Tommy Jonas score his first AFL goal, resulting from, you know, Pollock's quick bounce up off the ground after he took that sliding mark. And, you know, he directed the pass, which almost forced the hitman to, you know, run a little bit further forward and mark well within kicking distance. And, you know, Tommy nailed it, and that was really beautiful. And then from halftime onwards, as you said, you know, Port Adelaide completely dominated the game. You know, we were we were a little bit lucky that, you know, this week it was our opponents getting the injuries and not us and yep. you know losing Griffin was a huge blow to them. Absolutely. But in in hindsight he probably shouldn't have played anyway, you know, so um and then the last quarter was just so enjoyable and it seemed like uh, all we were doing was trying to provide Jay Schultz with as many goal scoring opportunities as possible and <laughs> four well, goals on the last yeah, that was one was wasn't it? That was yeah. fantastic. I
1: got, I got I think, caught up. and I was at the southern end and couldn't help myself.
2: We all joined in. Surely we all joined in. Absolutely. Yeah, and those four goals were He you
0: deserves
2: know, like, it. No one deserves it more. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, those four goals in the last quarter was like icing on the cake of a good percentage-boosting win, and we probably should have even scored a few more goals than that because I thought we'd squandered a few chances. But, no, it was a really enjoyable... Last quarter, and I just uh, noted from the presser, you know, Ken's after game presser, that you know, he said something like, you know, 56 points is uh, against is a good result. And I thought, well, it certainly is a good result, especially when you kick a hell of a lot more points than that to win. So, yeah, it was all good. It was we're probably, we're probably a victim of our slow start, obviously, for
1: the, uh, the score differential in the end. I mean, you're right, we probably should have been a little bit more in front, but. I guess it was an over a 90-point turnaround at the end of the day, so uh, that was a good swing. I think, Maka and Harold, the, the thing we need to keep an eye out on is, uh, I you know, I noticed that the stats, we overpossessed the handball in the first quarter, and it seems to be a lot of teams now are trying to really congest us around the contest. Oh, yeah, no doubt. At, especially
2: at I
0: the
1: start. I think starter. we get sucked
0: into that as well, a little bit. I mean, we, we often give one or two handballs too many. Yeah, I think a quick kick forward would would be a good thing, um, and that's yeah. so, definitely something that I noted in the first half was that, you know, we just kept getting you know stuck in these sort of six, seven, eight handball long you know strings yeah. where we just needed to get the bloody ball on the boot, get it <laughs> yeah. forward. It's too many, yeah. you asking for trouble. It, it
1: yeah. was a split. I think we were like one hundred and a hundred for possessions, kicks to handballs. So our 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 ratio was a bit out, and uh, yeah, that's not. I right. guess that's where the and I think they're trying to handball their way through the congestion but um they need to sort of get a bit more of a direct route which obviously they rectified in the second half and that yeah. uh, that showed on the scoreboard and probably halfway through the second quarter um, but uh, yeah that's something they need the boys need to uh, uh, to work on I think and uh, and try and fix uh, over the coming weeks especially against the better sides cuz you know you get you over possess against a Freo or a um or a Hawthorne or a Sydney in form, uh, they're going to take you down. Yep, absolutely. That's for sure.
0: Well, let's have a quick chat about uh, Rick's favourite person, Jasper Pittard, because he had an interesting start to the game where he had that uh, that fantastic um, kick in, as you spoke about earlier, Harold, um, which ended up in a, in just about one of the quickest goals uh, end-to-end you'll ever see. Um, and then five seconds later, he, <laughs> he tries to have a bounce. <laughs> it doesn't come up. If that doesn't just sum up Jasper Pittard in, in the space of about 90 seconds, then I don't know what does. But, yeah. look, credit to him. He got absolutely blasted last week by by a lot of people um, in social media. Um, and for him to come out after making that bad error in the first quarter, it, it could have very easily gone south for him. But he, he took the game on, and he was absolutely fantastic for the rest of the game.
1: I think it's a bit of a joke that we're even talking about it, Macca. I... Um... I mean, well, did anyone see the man, the 300-gamer, Gene Sia Cruiser try and bounce? And, and what happened to his bounce into the goal square? Um, you had uh, Alipati Carlisle. He tried to bounce. And, and what happened with that? And, it's like um, a good
2: Keystone. Ugly. It wasn't good. It's like the no. Keystone Cops, that highlight reel, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. You know, there's... Alipati Carlisle
0: should never bounce again.
1: <laughs> he should never have a shot for goal either. But, <laughs> no, um, true. He, you know, he's a defender that thinks he's uh, he can do special things and ultimately that <laughs> he can't, but you never know. But uh, I think it might have been just the perils of Adelaide Oval and uh, the vagaries of the bounce and the oval ball. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, he was lambasted steel by certain people just for that one error. I mean, I could think of Matthew Broadbent where a lot of people actually thought he had a fantastic game. If you review the game, there was a couple of very, very risky kicks where he sent them to um, a contested uh, player in the middle of the ground uh, and turned it over, which was highly risky. Yeah, and if that was Jasper Pittard, you know, the forum would have been in meltdown for two weeks saying (laughs) it's a disgrace and he takes too many risks and he can't execute, blah, blah, blah. But his kicking overall for the game, I thought short all along was pinpointing very accurate. And it's usually his short kicking which can let him down. But overall, his kicking was fantastic and he was confident.
2: The the
0: only reason why I I brought it up was that often I think when Jasper makes a, a mistake early, he can drop his head. And often another mistake happens and then another mistake. But it was really good to see him... You know, after he made that, that bad bounce, about three minutes later he really took the game on and had a big run down the wing, took a bounce, took the uh, took the opponent on, it came back and ever since that moment he was absolutely fantastic and one of our best players on the ground.
2: Yeah, he was flawless, really, wasn't he? Yeah. But I'm gonna disappoint you, uh, Rick. I've got a really big criticism of Jasper. Yeah, but when is he gonna get rid of that ridiculous moustache? I love them. <laughs> it's a shocker. What
1: about the ink that's slowly cro- creeping?
2: <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's not so
0: good uh, either. <laughs>
1: I'm it's hoping like gang- like, it's
0: like gangrene going up his leg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> really
1: hoping. I'm putting. I keep putting calls out. I'm, I want to get Jasper on the podcast. Hopefully, um, hopefully, I can get him on before the end of the year.
0: One thing that I thought was uh, was quite interesting was that, uh, once again, we tried to play a, a loose man, a plus one in defence, but the Bulldogs didn't allow that to happen. They, they had a seven-man forward line going on uh, for mm-hmm. quite a bit there. Um, and it seemed to really work against them because it really opened up our forward line and it gave us so much space to work into. And I think that's half of the reason why we won by so much.
2: Yeah, I think you might be right there. I, I do think, you know, them losing Griffin, you know really stuffed them up he was giving them so much drive
0: yeah he had 14 touches in what uh, about 28% game time or something so he was he was definitely their best player on the ground at that point um, I think it's important to note uh, some of the defensive jobs that we did on the weekend um, Kane Corns was absolutely brilliant on Tom Liberatore who we yeah. spoke about a lot on the preview podcast as being one of the form players in the competition he kept him to uh, I think his second lowest disposal count for the year um, we managed to keep Luke Dalhouse to his lowest disposal count for the year, which was Pittard's job. He did a fantastic job there.
2: Yeah, it's almost like he wasn't there, Dalhouse.
0: Yeah, he was absolutely anonymous on the weekend. Um, you know, Stuart Crammery, he didn't have a scoring shot. You know, Carlisle absolutely took him to the cleaners. Um, you know, we just did so many great jobs on the weekend. You know, Trego von Jones, you know, we just completely shut down their their, their midfield uh you know, they're contested midfield players um, yeah. and also their forward line as well.
2: Yeah, they had a no forward wa- line.
1: I'm just watching the um, the replay. We're into the third quarter and it was good to see that Brad Ebert took the uh, the swinging elbow approach that Sydney had against us the week before. Where <laughs> shattered, he shattered Grant's nose. But it was quite noticeable how often Sydney were actually swinging their elbows to try and get out of a contest. So, um, yeah. I thought yeah. the other notice. Noticeable thing too quickly was uh, just going back to that first quarter. Our prime midfielders were also down with the uh, amount of ball that they were getting too.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say they made an effort. They really they were tagging uh, Pollock, weren't they? You know, they'd...
0: Mitch and, Wallace yeah. did a fantastic job on Pollock. He yeah. really shut him down for yeah. a lot of the game. And it was only when Pollock, uh, sorry, when uh, Wallace went to wines in the third quarter, where Pollock really started to get off the leash a little bit. Um, You know, Wallace did a fantastic job and absolutely gave him zero space. But credit to Polek. I thought, despite the fact that he was having a really rough day, he didn't drop his head once. You know, he kept on working, kept on trying to get the ball as much as possible. Um, So I think uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that. A lot of other players might have dropped their heads and, you know, done something a bit silly.
2: No, yeah, I agree with you. All credit to him. And when he, you know, had... When he got a chance, his chance, he re- had a real impact. He went back. Not only yeah. that, yeah, that pass to uh, Jonas, but then that, the, like I mentioned before, that beautiful goal that he, he kicked with the one-two with Wingard it was yeah. just glorious to watch.
0: Ebert was another one that had a, a pretty rough first half. I thought he he really struggled just to not only get the ball but do something useful with it. But he was another one that uh, that really came to the forefront in the second half.
2: He's had a strange year, hasn't he? He's been brilliant at times and. A bit quiet than others. Mm. I Don't know if he's been a bit sick at times or something.
1: But I think it was more. I, I think it was more a bit play. I think I think Hinkley really made uh, an effort to push Wingard up into the uh, midfield contest a bit more. And obviously uh, Ollie Wines had a fantastic contribution in one of no. his best, uh, if not best, AFL game as well. So I wonder if Hinkley was just giving the younger boys a bit more exposure to the midfield rotations.
2: No, you've hit the nail on the head, Greg. Yep, that's exactly what was happening. It was a good opportunity to do that, and Ken took it.
1: And how how good were they? I mean, I know there was they an article great. on Ollie Wines. I mean, sta- his second-year figures are stacking up bigger uh, bigger and better than uh, Judd and Selwood at the moment. And the guy's just a, a man-mountain, and uh, Wingard's just a freak.
0: He's a machine, Ollie Wines. I, I just can't get over the fact that he's still, what, 19 years old, and just performing like an absolute seasoned veteran and just doing all the hard stuff. You know, 11 clearances. I mean, that's just phenomenal.
1: There was a post um, on the forum. We are talking about the list management today. Actually, I think it might have been when Trango, on the the Trango re-signing thread, and uh, they were saying in uh, three years' time, you'll be 26 or something. And then they were going through all the players and how old they'll be, like some of our players and all our key players that are influential now. You know, like Broadbent will be like 26 and all our other young players will be around 23 or 24. They're all going to be in their prime. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, they're, it's they're, not even in, they're not even in their physical prime yet, yeah. you know, which is just staggering when you put it that way. I mean, Westhoff will be 30 by the time Trengo's contract's up. So you could conceivably see him playing until then. Um, you know, Homsch would only be 24 or 23. It's, just, it's amazing when you put it into a perspective like that. Yeah, it's
2: nice. Absolutely. Mm. A lot of hope.
0: Now, Matt, how did we see his game on the weekend? I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Just his ruck work and his quality of hit-outs was uh, just about as best as I've ever seen it.
2: No, I agree. My daughter doesn't call him Prince Harry anymore. It's now King Harry. (laughs) And, (laughs) And he really is just about the most important player on our list, you know especially seeing that we don't have any backup, really, besides, you know, Jacko. But I liked how Ken gave him a bit of a rest in that last quarter. Mm. And even though he did, I still thought he was in our best players. Oh, definitely. He had a real influence. Yeah.
1: Yep. So what about the boys really didn't skip a beat with the uh, the three omissions and the three replacements? Uh, you know, it was just as per normal, wasn't it, really?
0: Well, yeah, I think so. I thought Sammy Gray did a, a reasonable job he Probably frets a little bit too much with the ball at this point. I think he doesn't realise he has more time with the ball sometimes than what he's actually got, and that can lead to some uncontested errors. But, you know, I thought he played pretty well, um, and that allowed Robbie Gray to, to play the whole game in the midfield, and he just dominated again.
2: Yeah. How many games has he played? Three? Four? Sammy Gray, yeah, yeah, about five yeah. now, I think. Yeah, yeah. So but I think no, that'll
0: come in time, and I think he's definitely sure. worth a, a little bit uh, a little bit more of a look. Kay Mitchell's so, probably one that, you know, probably disappointed a little, a little bit. I thought, um, as I spoke about Pittard before, where sometimes it, when he makes an early mistake, it can it looks like it plays on his mind a little bit. I thought Mitchell made a couple of errors in that first quarter, and he didn't mm-hmm. recover.
2: Yeah, he, he's a bit fumbly, isn't he? I think he's another who's you know, young in AFL experience and just doesn't have the confidence just yet. To me, he seems like
1: he 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 lacks the confidence with the physicality of the game. He, um, you know, I was watching him close in that first quarter, and he he just doesn't seem to want that physical contact. Uh, and I'm not saying he's a coward or doesn't want to do the hard things, but he just seems to want to avoid the body contact, and uh, if he can. And you know, if we go back to the Jasper comparisons, you know, at least that's one thing with Jasper—he'll put his body on the line. He'll go back and he'll take the hit if he needs to. Um, whereas I'm not convinced that uh, Kane's willing to do that hard, uh, those hard yards if he has to.
0: But then he put his body on the line and got absolutely hammered against Hawthorne. in that match. Bounced yeah. straight up and
1: um, maybe that's still playing on like him because I haven't really noticed that in Kane's game except for probably the last two or three weeks.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that. I think he's got a lot of. I think we can criticise him about a lot of things. You know, you know his skill set, you know, he can't really take a contested mark and things like that. But I think with, with time, he'll be much better at that. But you just wonder if there's, with our depth now, you know, he's got to make every post a winner. I thought he was given an opportunity on Saturday, and he really didn't grab it and make it his own. Not my mind, anyway, but, you know, I'm no expert.
0: His numbers were still pretty good, but, yeah, just his quality of disposal just wasn't up to it. I thought, on the weekend. Um, and as you said, he is a little bit fumbly. He probably lacks the polish uh, to make himself a, long time, a long-term AFL player. Well,
1: Ken was very uh, animated at Mitchell uh, at the three-quarter time break. Sort of not the animation of where you're saying to a player, look, you've done everything we've asked you to do, but we're going to put you on the bench for the, <laughs> for the last quarter. It didn't seem to come across that way. No. No. Yeah, you know, the other um, the other interesting fact I learned from the weekend as well was if you're a defender and you give Jay Shields half a meter, he's going to burn you. Yep. It was amazing. It was amazing how he either created himself a little bit of space or the defender just gave him that one meter or half a meter, and that's all he needed, and he clunked them from everywhere, left, right, and centre. And you know, Unstoppable. It yeah, it was Yeah, fa- it was a fantastic performance.
0: I mean, it's- they are massive numbers. Eight goals too. He had 14 marks. Had ten marks inside fifties and uh, and six contested marks. I mean, they're massive figures. And I, and I just happened. felt that the Bulldogs just completely shut on their own doorstep, really. <laughs> As I spoke about earlier, where they, they decided to man up on our spearman in defence. I thought they really needed someone trying to drop back into the hole in front of Schultz, and they just didn't do it the whole game.
2: Mm. Yeah, they they didn't have the players to do it. I don't think. And uh, some of the delivery was spot on. Broadbent's long pass in the last quarter. And I think there was another one from, you know, Chatty. And some of the delivery was absolutely beautiful.
0: I know we spoke about uh, a few weeks ago that we were a little bit disappointed that we weren't seeing Schultze lead towards the bowl and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um, for a few weeks there. But, you know, I think he's absolutely solved that issue.
1: Yeah, he's back to his best now. And if you're talking about his marks inside 50, but what about just in the game sense? I think we had 25 marks inside 50 to their five, six. Um, yeah. six. I mean that's just ridiculously good efficiency. Um, you know, and we've been not that good, but we've been dominating that statistics um, against nearly every team this year. Um, you know, and it, it just show And that means they're set shots at goals that we're getting that the opposition aren't getting. And it, I mean, it's just Fantastic play by our our coaches and our um, our players at this point in time.
0: We provide a lot of space, enough all line for our fours to do their work, which is fantastic. We push them all out. We allow them to run back with the flight of the ball, um, and it does lead to a lot of marks inside fifty and, and genuine scoring opportunities.
2: Yeah, it's nice seeing that sort of football, isn't it? Mm. It's beautiful when it comes off.
0: Definitely.
1: I think the other thing that we're worth mentioning is um, Robbie Gray's uh, now second, seven points behind uh, Gary Ablett in the uh, coaches, coaches association award. Beautiful, and, yeah. great but,
2: recognition, uh, isn't
1: it? But he, I think he's behind three Crows players in the move Agar medal. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a shame that um, you know we we just don't have the players really to just. Push up that barrier of the move Agars. It's just a shame, but maybe one year it might happen.
0: Yeah, well, it does make me worried this week that we're going to lose to the Crows.
1: Yeah, I mean clearly be their up.
0: best players are better than our best players. So
1: yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous how good they must be. Like it's just
0: scary. Yeah, well, I mean, what, a, what, a what a were the coaches sorry? Are? What a pointless medal the move Agars yeah. medal is. Absolutely mm. pointless. Yeah, but it's just pointless.
2: Well, either that or the coaches have got it completely wrong and Capel is the greatest expert going around.
0: So. I'm sure he would think
2: that. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't think that's the way it is, though, is it? No. I think the coaches are right on the money, actually, with their voting. Generally. Yep, no, I agree with that. I think Rob It'll is be interesting to see
0: what happens in, uh, on Brownlow night.
2: Yeah, that will, well, that's a bit like the Merv Agars. Mm. So it can be a bit. So who
1: got the um, who got the play uh, coaches points this weekend?
2: Shields got ten.
1: Shields got ten. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think uh, I've got it here actually. I've, uh, Wines eight. Gray and Westhoff both got four. Boak three and Broadbent one. So you're a good yeah. judge, Macker.
0: Yeah, can't disagree with many of them. I would have yeah.
2: No, I think that's that's a good. Pretty close.
0: Yes. Well, look. As we're talking about best players, we might bit, might as well talk about ours as well, Rick. Who are your best players, mate?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's very hard, Macca, this week because um, you know I should really give it to Jay Schultz, but I want to give it to uh, Ollie Wines because I just thought he was uh, massive in the game, and I, I thought even for as good as Jay was, we, he was sort of looked after a little bit with uh, um, you know with his. Uh, uh, output the players really tried to get his numbers up uh, but i had jay second best on Graham because it was a you know and club equaling record performance behind the great warren tread so you know it has to be acknowledged um you know i had Chin- chad wingo third i, I thought his uh, midfield game was uh you know just beautiful again and uh i had uh travis Boat fourth best and uh you know he did throw a throw a blanket over the rest really i mean uh, it's just like shelling peas, which one you give it to. I'll give it to Tommy Logan because I thought he had a fantastic game uh, coming back. Yep. You know, and, it, and it should be recognised. You know, I know I've been a critic of Tom in the past, but you know, last year and, and what he's shown in this one game this year and what he's done in the SAFL, you know, credit to him and what a great um, club man he's become.
0: I'd keep him well, in it's... on that performance and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be letting Dom back in the side, to be honest.
1: This no. He's, well, he's become a selfless club man. I mean, I thought that article um, on him last week before he got selected about, you know, he knows his role and he's willing to nurture the, the players and just do what Ken wants him to do. I mean, what else can you ask? I mean, Ken would be very happy to have a couple of senior players like that, you know, not bitter about not playing every game and just doing what they have to do. I mean, hats yep. off to him.
2: Yeah, going back to what you were saying about the Inns, he was like the perfect replica for Kassisi. We lost nothing with Tommy coming in, so yeah, yeah. I agree it's going to be hard for Dom to get back in. And why not have an extra week? What uh, rest? Mm. Indeed,
0: Harold. What about your best players, mate?
2: Look, I agree with Rick. Uh, Ollie did it for me. He, you know, great, consistent four-quarter effort. He's a competitive beast. You know, he's uh, he just refuses to be beaten. He's team orientated. He's a clearance king, and you know, he's a real um, one 2 is He's across the t dot the eyes sort of a guy you know anything he can do to contribute to the team he does and i thought it was really funny when um, you know big wolves like roughhead tried to rough him up you know with a bit of macho push and shove after ollie's goal assist to west in the third quarter and you know as if anyone could ruffle ollie's feathers you know nothing phases that boy yep. so there's a lot of man love for ollie for sure Shulzi, you know what can you say I, i'm just gonna quote something from his statement on the after-match presser, where he said, "You know, we love playing footy, and we love competing, and we love competing against the best sides. You relish every game you play in, and every win you have, you really want to achieve." And you know, I think when I hear that, I think you know, supporting Port Adelaide is just a great thing at the moment. I mean, you know, compared to the days when we had certain players saying, "You know, we should be thankful with, uh, you know, and satisfied with losing performances." This is the uh, yep. Complete opposite. So, you know, he he was brilliant, and thank God the Hoff is back. It was <laughs> great to see. You know, his brilliant marking, uh, elite disposal uh, efficiency for a man of his height, and I just how he love his evasive skills. He's almost going in slow motion, but no one can touch him. It's great to see him back, and you know, most importantly, kicking goals when he's got the opportunity to do so. Um. I put lobie in. It was in another one of my best players. We've already talked about him. And I th- I couldn't split Robbie or Boke for fifth best. But, you know, really, it was a, just about all played well today. You know, the entire defensive unit was great. So what yep. about you, Maka?
0: It really was a case of all played well. And, look, I've got uh, my top five and really... Each one of those five could deserve to be best on ground. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have uh, Jay Schultz as best on ground. I just can't overlook his 14 marks and eight goals. You know, it was just one of the ultimate uh, key forward performances we've seen from a Port Adelaide player at AFL level. Um, I had Ollie as second best. He was probably, yeah, vying for a best on ground if only uh, Schultz had kicked a kick couple of less goals, I guess. Um, but you know he did all the all the grunt work in the middle he was absolutely fantastic uh, Brody who we haven't really spoken about a lot on this podcast I thought he was just about unstoppable um, on the weekend you know he was just in the right spot at the right time every time you know he, he did so much work in, uh, in cutting off those uh, opposition attacks and I thought he, he delivered the ball pretty well and, and used his run to advantage. Uh, Matty Loby, he just controlled that, uh, that ruck duel against uh, an all Australian ruckman in, in Will Minson, mm-hmm. um, who's been in pretty good form himself this year. And he just took him to the cleaners like uh, like nothing else I've seen. He just absolutely killed him. And I'm going to give Kane Corns the uh, the one vote there for his uh, fantastic job on Tom Liberatore. Yep. Yes. I mean, we, we've barely spoken about Bobby Carlyle, who kept uh, Cramery scoreless. Oh, I love um, this game. Robbie Gray was great. Jackie Homch was pretty good as well. Tommy Jonas was uh, was back in good form. Um, I thought uh, Trengove was very, very good. Westhoff had a great uh, cameo in the first half as well. You know, we, we just had gun players all over the park on the weekend.
2: Matthew White was brilliant in that first quarter too. He, he, he felt out yeah. of it, though. he was. He started brilliant. with a bang, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think we should also just quickly, um, even though Harold very briefly mentioned it. Um, recognised Trango signing on early uh, to the end of 2017. Uh, didn't have to. Yep. Didn't have to. Could have gone next year, uh, which could have then also, you know, become a bit of a distraction and, you know, the rumours start circulating, oh, maybe he's going to go back home, whatever, and he's just come out and gone, bang, boys, I'm here to 2000, at least 2017. I mean, what a legend, you know. He's come yep. on the podcast. He said he'll try and come on again for us, you know. What an absolute superstar and Port Adelaide club man.
2: Absolutely. What a person. Not just a player. Yeah. What a great person he is.
0: One of the ultimate Port Adelaide heroes.
1: And uh, I told him he.
2: Yeah,
0: he, 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 he will be. Absolutely.
1: Yep. I, I told him he has to grow that filthy beard back, and he said he's going <laughs> to. So, uh, yeah, I love that bloody uh, beard he had going before. That was fantastic. It was good.
2: <laughs> cheer, cheer the black and the white.
0: All right. Well, look. Let's uh, let's go on to the SAnFL. It was our first loss since round one. We lost by seventeen points. Uh, Twelve goals nine to fifteen goals eight. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing uh, performance there. Uh, Mason Shaw continued his good form with three goals. Yeah, I thought it was quite uh, impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Robbie Young was the only other uh, multiple goal scorer with two.
1: Did Cracker have more of an influence this week, or was he a bit more subdued? Or
2: I thought he was one of our better players. Yeah. I had a
1: quick chat to um, uh, Brendan online earlier, and uh, he said he had a tagging role on the weekend and um, had a bit of trouble getting the ball himself. But they've played him a few times as a tagger now, so
2: yeah, he was better last week. There's no doubt about that. He he played a great game last, uh, the week before that. Sorry, I should say, but um, you know, he wasn't shocking or anything like that. I thought he, you know, he he was thereabouts. He was solid. Yeah. Yeah, just couldn't couldn't get enough ball. Most yeah. of the players were down. You know, they were yeah. hard-pressed to find, you know, judicial players. Pretty good. You
1: thought Do you he was- think they're either A, playing him as a tagger for a long-term view is where he might fit in, or are they B, playing him as a tagger to try and get him to learn where to go to try and get more ball following one of the better players in the opposition teams?
0: Probably the latter there, I would think.
2: Yeah, part of his education. He was on Jared against um, uh, WWT, and he's a pretty good player. He knows how to find the ball, so that would have been a good lesson, and he had a great game, so Jared put him to the ball.
1: I keep saying this ad nauseum on the forum, but I just think with our list profile, um, where Brendan was taken as an underage recruit, or bottom-age recruit, just seems foolish to... Um, sort of want to discard him sort of at the end of the year when he's still so young, um, you know, he's really almost a year behind in the AFL system. Um, you know, I mean, we can carry him in our, with our list at the moment anyway um, and there's probably uh, older players that have had more of an opportunity that probably aren't going to improve. Um, and we, and I bang on about this too, we we sort of get lured in with the Ollie Wines type that just make an impact so quickly and then seem to assess everybody else that is sort of around that similar age and, and not performing to that, to that level. But, I mean, Ollie Wines is a freak. And a lot of these young guys take a long time to, to physically develop and to get the confidence to perform. And, and that's why we start targeting these mature age recruits. And I think as supporters, we just need to be a bit more patient and, and give some of these young boys a bit more time to develop and build the bulk and get the confidence to perform at these higher levels.
2: I'd love to keep him, um, but I think he is one of those players that, you know, does come up in discussions because we've got a lot of depth now on our list, and it's, uh, you know, who are going to drop out? We have to drop three, and there's probably a couple of obvious ones, but, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. and I would love to keep Brendan and hope that we do. It's just, you know, three definitely have to go, and it's all you know, what What are we going to do with our rookie situation? You know, there's far greater minds than I that uh, will hopefully make the right decisions and we have signed those guys on, as Rick pointed out, uh, recruiting guys, so hopefully they know what they're doing. I think they do.
1: Was Benny Newton's output down a little bit this week from the levels that he's uh, been performing at?
0: He didn't have the quantity of ball. He had 23 disposals and eight clearances, so he was probably our best player. I thought. Yeah, um, I, I agree. We got we got absolutely smashed statistically, though, um, which is uh, not something we've seen all year really. I mean, we had nearly a hundred less disposals, 40 less marks, um, and the uh, the ruck situation is uh, is getting a, a bit of a concern. We had uh, doesn't 12, exist 12 hitouts to 42. Um, so we were absolutely caned in the ruck and, you know, we were playing Mitch Harvey in the ruck for most of the game and, you know, that's it's really strange. not
2: ideal. Yeah, i do not not sure why we're doing that. I think maybe Brueggemann's got an injury or, you know, he can run around but maybe not ruck because he'd be the obvious player to play in the ruck, you know, to do that grunt work, I would have thought, rather than someone who's, you know, we've pinned a lot of hopes on for the future. There was, yeah. uh, you know, and... Mitch Harvey really did get killed in the ruck, but there was this, I think it was the second quarter, he, he was in the ruck and then he made his way forward and clunked a beautiful mark and kicked a beautiful goal. And you think, gee, this guy could be a real player, there's no doubt about it. So yeah. you don't want I him think, being killed in the ruck.
0: No, I think they're trying to, to sort of um, even out that his, sort of ruck role, I think, Yeah. a little bit. So not to kill Bruggerman too early, um, yes. you know, and try and share it around a little bit to, between Bruggerman, Harvey, and uh, and Benny Harron as well. So you and think you've think also was... got Sam Gordon in the in the reserves who can ruck, um, yeah, who's I one think of the contracted should... players. Yeah,
2: I, th- I think you, so. You think it was just Mitch Harvey's turn to do the majority of the game
0: that that week? I think so. I think that's yeah. what we're we're trying to do. Um, I mean, that's going to probably be the key to us is making sure that we've got uh, some Ruckman-come-finals time that, uh, that can actually do the job. And um, that could be the one thing that sort of uh, stands in the way between us winning a premiership or not.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It really was that third quarter where, with the win, we just couldn't get any sort of advantage. Um, you know, Wessey's kicked three really quick goals and, and tore the game open. We were able to peg that, that margin back, but um, we really needed something substantial heading into that last quarter and we, we just weren't able to do it.
2: Yeah, the Endeavour was good all day, wasn't it? And, but you know, I think they were just far more effective and efficient. You know, they played the smarter game, I thought.
0: Yep.
2: And we did. It's a good learning experience, I suppose. But.
0: Indeed. Carl Amon, how did you see his going?
2: Uh, he, he was in and out of it. I, I, I rate Carl. I think he's going to be a, a good player. Yep. Uh, but he's, um, you know, he's only a slight little fellow, really, too, but... Has a really nice kick on him, and he did end up with twenty plus disposals. And but I I was a little bit frustrated with a lot of our players. I thought most of them were in and out. Like Jakey Need, I didn't even see him just about in the first quarter, except or first half, except to do a few things wrong. And then he almost burnt it. You know, sorry, burned it. Had a great second half. Yeah. Um. There's a few that you know had some nice little cameos. Robbie Young does some nice things, and it was good to see O'Shea get a bit more of the ball. Yep.
0: But, oh, who he's I... hitting into some good form now,
2: Cameron. Yeah, I agree. Cleary was one of the worst. You know, he's one of our best kicks, but his kicking was shocking.
0: Yeah. It was a
2: very windy day, there's no doubt about it. But it
0: was. West... It was just one of those it, days it, it to forget, was... I think.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: But it's Hopefully not lost. We nice look, back and, uh, look back at it as uh, maybe the loss we had to have.
2: No, those we, players we should
0: will. have we should have at least 5 AFL listed players coming back in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, Stewart's
2: yeah. close too.
0: Stewart's so. close. Flynn will come back after uh, after next week of course. Yeah, I think um,
2: we missed him uh, a His run would have been vital in that game against West. Someone who could just yeah. break lines and we didn't
1: have anything uh, like that. He's my most exciting player on the list, I reckon, Flynn.
0: More than Pittard?
1: Well, <laughs> well second...
0: Jasper's not going to be happy with that, mate.
1: Second most exciting player. Now, I I, uh,
2: I, think he might be a bit more exciting than Jasper even, Rick. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Take he, off uh, those
2: rose-coloured glasses. That.
1: Yeah. I reckon uh, he'll get upgraded at the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, I reckon, so what uh, do
2: you think? Do we have to... Can we still just list three, and here's one of the upgrades? Is that how it works? Or do you think we'll be
1: listing more? I reckon we. I reckon we might do four. I. I think we're going to uh, probably draft um, three kids because we've got a young squad anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might. I think we might. Well, I think we have to look for another mature age ruckman of some form yeah, if we can.
0: Most definitely.
1: But don't you think, Maka?
0: Oh, look, a ruckman's a, a an absolute number one priority. I think.
1: Well, I mean, I just don't see. Look, well, I think if we're going to draft, we're going to draft Rutman and forwards. But if we draft a Rutman, they're not going to be coming handy for us until five years time, are they? Um, yeah. So we're going to need to look to trade for a mature age Rutman. Um, you know, as someone pointed, A. Renouf might have to stay on the list as well. Uh, but yeah, look, I think we'd have. We'll probably have to move on four guys, unfortunately. Um, you know, upgrade. Fle- have three, and then you don't know, we might do a couple of bits and swaps as well.
0: I think we might leave it there for this evening.
2: No dramas.
0: Aaron, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> on you, Tango. Thanks for coming back on again,
2: mate. Uh, always a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Can't wait for the uh, preview podcast now. Bring it on. Yeah, it should Brilliant. be an exciting one. Indeed.
0: Very exciting.
2: <laughs> Hopefully, you can get Jacko on.
0: Well, let's
2: not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm hoping,
1: uh, I'm hoping. I'm uh, hoping. I asked Jack if he'd come on to review the Essendon game. So, fingers crossed. He's checking his schedule and see what he's up to. <laughs> All
0: right, boys.
2: Thanks, like gotcha. Yep.
0: Go Port Adelaide.
2: Go power. Go Port Adelaide.
0: Gray <laughs> was brave, running hard, more getting
2: forward. One last chance, boat Brilliant. Wines, Monfrey's centering ball! Cassisi! <laughs> <Linger>. <laughs> you know who again! It is his birthday!
1: <laughs> Kids are freak!